and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Bayer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the <laughs> studios in Woodridge, <laughs> Illinois. A rocking crowd is wow. ready for film and TV discussion. Tonight, we're going to talk the best uh, movies and the best TV series, best television of 2023. So, And a tribute we're also to the dearly departed. We're also going to famous do, dearly departed. Uh, our tribute and pour out our... Uh, Cans of Mr. Pib and kombucha uh, <laughs> honor those who left us in 2023. So uh, it was a great year, and uh, I didn't see as many movies as I probably should have, but I feel like I watched a ton of TV. Um, what about you? Well, Henry likes going to movies, so I always see a, lot a good of amount of movies. There's a few that I haven't seen, but I'll see them because I always like to see all the movies for the Oscars. Right. And I saw a decent amount of TV. Yeah, I would but say. it's always there's just so much. There's so much stuff. There's, there's always, so much stuff all the time. There's always stuff that we missed. Um, there's always stuff that we missed, and we'd love to hear from you on that. You know, we're just going to talk about the ones that we saw and give little mini reviews. But if there's a television show that you're like, or a movie you saw that you're like, how could you have missed that? Or even worse, maybe you saw it and you didn't like it. What's wrong with you? Drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that would uh, make for a much better discussion. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on X, formerly Twitter. Um, so... Drop us a line there and let us know your favorite uh, TV or film of 2023. And also, if we maybe forgot a celebrity uh, who passed on, um, definitely uh, send Oh, we will. Call. We're not going to say every celebrity. Yeah, just some notable ones. Some of our personal favorites. Correct. Correct. Um, so what do you want to start with? You want to do TV or movies first? Let's do TV. Okay. So we're going to go over our 10 favorite TV, and it's either a series or like a limited you know, just one season only. I've got one of those. And we'll just go through our top 10. And uh, last week when we did albums, we traded. Like, I did my number 10, then you did your number 10. And mm -hmm. my nine, do you want to do that? And we'll see if there's any. I thought that was nice surprises, given that we had three. Um, uh, we had three albums that were both on our lists. Shocking. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be more shock. I was trying to remember what the third one was today. We had Boy Genius. Yep. We had Corinne Bailey Ray. What was the third one? Uh, I'll find it. You you ask the good questions, Len. That's what makes you a superior interviewer on Jag Bags. <laughs> ask the tough questions for which I have no answer. I'm gonna find that out and I will and I will let you know once I did I bring my notes with me? I'm traveling now. My notes are all scattered. Oh Jesse did Jesse wear? Was it Jesse Ware? No, it was not Jesse. Just, you didn't have Jesse Ware in yours? No. I don't think I brought my list of my top ten albums. What was it then? With me. What else was on yours? Hmm. Do you have your top ten in front of you? I'm looking at it. Oh Hozier. That's what it was. <laughs> Hozier on Earth. Yes. That's why, because that was a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Hozier, yes. I'm yes. I'm full of okay. surprises. I am uh, a surprising person. I think Hozier surprised me and you both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, maybe there'll be some surprises in our uh, TV list. Um, and I know there, I, there were some that surprised me at how much I liked them. And, um, and I, I, you know, I, I lean watches a lot of television and sometimes I'll fade in and out and, you know, some I'm like, whatever others. I'm like, you know what? This is pretty good. Some I'm like, wow, this is great. Um, and so a lot of stuff we have to pick together. So I have to pass her test. Um, you know, I have to get her buy-in So that it's, it's interesting because 
sometimes I miss on all the hip and cool shows. Uh, but we see all the, you know, all the top, uh, all the, all the top uh, Emmy nominees for sure. We've seen is blue bloods. your number one again. <laughs> and certainly I Zylene's. No, you know, it's Bosch. Bosch. It's uh, Bosch of course. Yeah, of course. Bosch superior to blue bloods. Welliver. Ultimate, Ultimate Welliver. Ultimate Welliver. No, but actually, Eileen will be upset because Bosch Legacy did not make my top 10 this year. Wow. Yeah. Well, you said you watched a lot of TV, though. So does yours have a lot of depth? Do you have a lot of honorable mentions? I do. I do have a few honorable mentions for sure. I only have I only have one honorable mention and one incomplete. Okay. So why don't I start? I mean, I'll... I'll I mean, we'll go back and forth again, but I'll I'll okay. go with my number ten because she'll probably have more title. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna have a lot of the same in this one, to be honest. I'm guessing. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say we have two that we no three. I'm gonna say three again. We're gonna have three. We have three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Old prediction. All right, I'll start with my number ten, which is only murders in the building. There you go. Which we've talked about a few times on the podcast. Well, that was your number ten. <laughs> Here's here's the thing about Only Murders. I like to show mm. Selena Gomez is not the best. No. She's better. She gets a little bit better every year. She does. But she kind of brings the show down a little bit for me. Every time there's a... Uh, and a, when you're a, doing... Selena Gomez plot point, I'm always like... Eh. Um, I mean, she's okay. She's not bad where you're like, I don't... I can't watch her. She's not that bad. And yeah. she does get better. Yes. But compared to Steve Martin and Martin Short and all these great guest stars they have, even like these supporting characters, <laughs> supporting characters like the, the surly lady who was Bunny's best friend... <laughs> Just ripping the musical to shreds in the final episode. And Matthew Broderick. As hey, I mean, there's a lot of as a, a lot of good cameos. Nightmare. You know who you know who actually wasn't that good? Paul Rudd. I feel like Paul Rudd didn't have a lot of good stuff to do in this one. They made I mean, he's the kind of the villain, and yeah, I agree that they did not take advantage of what Paul Rudd can do. Yeah. Nearly. So those were my minor issues with the show. But the positives were Martin Short and Steve Martin both got to be I felt like they got to be funnier this year. Yes. And Meryl Streep was really good. Fantastic. Matthew Bradder is really funny. Hilarious. And I thought the pacing was really good. I agree. It's it's just I mean, I, I honestly it sounds bad, but if somebody else was in the Selena Gomez part, it'd probably be up higher on my list. But I did enjoy it this year, so I, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta put it on number ten. Okay, mine, I, I had it, I had it way higher. I had it number three. Mm. But uh, but I just uh, I think it was more like a nostalgia thing for me because what you're saying you know raises good points. But I was just like, it's such a treat to watch Steve Martin and Martin Short be hilarious. So. Yeah, the, the White Room episode was so funny, and it just reminded me of old Steve Martin bits. Yeah, just and just like the laugh so hard, and just like little things Martin Short does where he's just like, looks like I'm going to have to give up dips, and then he eats like a yeah the dips thing. <laughs> Huge thing of dip. <laughs> Hilarious. You know what I laughed at really hard to? Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the final episode. Yeah, fast forward through this. So they're setting it up where I forgot the character's name. The guy who's, whose boyfriend ends up taking over for Paul Rudd. Yeah. Where he, it looks like he's going to do the part that night. And then out comes Martin Short. Yes. <laughs> I laughed really hard at that. Uh, yes, that was hilarious. Yeah, it's 
it's a treat. And uh, I really, I looked forward to it. Some shows you're like, uh, let's just get through this, but never only in Murders in the Building. Never. Yeah. Okay. That's your number 10. Which, okay. Well, my number 10 was, uh, I I talked about it last season uh, and I said, this show's great and it's back. It's on BritBox. So, um and I, I, there was, I have two series from BritBox in my top 10 this year. So the first one is called Shetland. And yeah. I, Shetland is awesome because it's, first of all, it's a well-written uh, murder. It's always a good mystery. They have eight seasons. Every season, it's it's a good whodunit. I'm, I, we try to figure out who who's the killer. And it's very well-constructed. And, um, and the acting is good. And it's, and it's layered to... With uh, the acting of the people on the Scottish police force who are unintentionally hilarious because um, I've decided that like Scottish accents are just they're funny. They make me laugh. And uh, it's like uh, so when, when the when the detective is like, your cell phone records confirm you made nine calls to Angus McBean. And uh, it just makes me laugh. And uh, uh and uh, so the but it's a good kind of like mystery of these kind of bumbling small town Scottish detectives confronted with like a real murder mystery and the London cops come in and they they always solve the case. And uh, and uh, uh, and I can't tell whether the actors that play the um, uh, the the local the, the regular cast members are purposely bad, like they're just trying to be like dumb rubes, uh, but like. The, the the villains and all the suspects, the great acting. <laughs> these, these, these cops seem like just dummies. Yeah. And uh, if I was, one last thing I'll say about Shetland, if I was the actor playing the police inspector, I would be like, you know, you, my character is terrible because he his character always comes in and says, you know, Calder, see me in my office. And then Calder goes in like, <laughs> And you've had a complaint from so-and-so because you did X. And it's all exposition. And the character explains. And then mm-hmm. all his lines are, I don't understand. But why? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Those are his, all his lines. And they're like, fine. And he leaves. And then repeat. <laughs> and so... Uh, I, I enjoy his performance as the hapless police uh, inspector. Uh, but um, but overall, I really enjoy it. It's called Shetland. And uh, I also, um, last year, if you remember, the lead uh, character was a Scottish detective named Jimmy Perez. That was my also a huge favorite, that he was a, a Scotsman named Jimmy Perez. Well, uh, <laughs> Perez is gone and replaced by two women. And, uh, and uh, I'll get you their... Uh, names in a second they're both both terrific scottish and they both give great performances so my number 10 is shetland okay my number nine is i think you should leave with tim robinson oh right and not as good as season one but still funny still too short because it's not a lot of episodes in the shows are i don't even know like 15 minutes long or something but very funny just absurd and i just felt like i make i need i need to include this because i almost forgot about it myself just make it a half hour long do like 12 episodes that's all i ask (laughs) i haven't seen that no you probably like it yeah i want to see it i hear good things yeah if you don't like the first season don't watch season two because first season's really funny um so uh 
My number nine is a show that I don't think you care for too much, but you've seen it and you're like, eh, and that's Abbott Elementary. Uh, yeah. And uh, we talked about it in our previous uh, recap episode where we discussed uh, the Emmy nominations, uh, which the, for the upcoming Emmy Awards and Abbott Elementary and its cast received several nominations. And uh, to me, this is just a good hearted uh, comedy, much in the vein of The Office. Uh, there's lots of wacky characters coming in and out facing wacky situations. Uh, um, unlike The Office, there's bits of, um, you know, messages that, um, you know, little like, you know, more little morals of the story that pop up throughout. Um, the performances to me are very strong, uh, led by Quinta Brunson um, and also Janelle James. Um, but really, it's a it's an entire ensemble that, you know, is the teachers and the principal. And um, and it's very much in, like The Office and where you have characters looking at the camera or, you know, doing asides. Um, so it's set up that way. But uh, and in many cases, it's just it's on ABC, so it's a good old fashioned kind of sitcom. But to me, it's laugh out loud funny, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And the kids got into it too, so we would sit around and and yuck it up to to Abbott Elementary. So really enjoyed yeah. it. They're on they're on Hulu too. That's where I've watched them on Hulu. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. My number eight is another hilarious comedy, Poker Face. <laughs> Not a comedy at all. The Emmys disagree. Really good. Really good. The the only thing, well, my only problem really with the show was it kind of started to fade towards the end of the run. Because mm-hmm. the premise is each week there's a murder. Natasha Leone is somebody who can tell when somebody is lying. Right. And she keeps going into all these situations. And they've kind of compared it to Columbo. And it does it does feel a little bit like Columbo, like an updated version of it. Right. I think the I mean Natasha Leone is great. She's very watchable. I mean, like the first season of Russian Dow, which she was great in. She's she's great in this. And there's some performances like <laughs> there's so many actors playing murderers yeah. that do a great job just being like these terrifying people with judith light who, who got nominated yeah i saw we didn't cover it in our emmy thing but it's like a guest actor and it's judith light she's she was on who's the boss yeah and she's scary on this show uh, ellen barkin chloe savini they it, they just did a great job getting the cast uh our good friend joe de maria i mean i'm sorry adrian brody is in the pilot episode and uh, i yeah it's it's there's a couple episodes where i think the writing's that real strong but overall well worth the watch i just hope for season two the writing holds up but i, I really enjoyed this season yeah i i'll i'll definitely check it out i do want to see it i think you would like it yeah yeah um do you like natasha leone i do like natasha leone and i've yeah, been you, you'll, it. Like it. you'll like it you'll like it i've been meaning to see it i just uh, have to get through uh all my episodes of bosh legacy first <laughs> <laughs> And rewatches of Bosch Legacy. And and then, yeah, I have to catch up. And then the, to all the Titus Welliver discussion groups. Um, yes. You, you understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my number eight is a show that shocked me that I would like it this much. And that show is The Gilded Age. Um, it's on Max. And it's from the people who brought you Downton Abbey. And the best description I can give you is it it's the Amer- it's the American Downton Abbey. And uh, it stars Christine Bransky, uh, Audra McDonald, uh, both from, I think, The Good Wife. I think they're both on The Good Wife. Um, they were on an episode together, uh, or a TV series together on CBS. I think it was The Good Wife. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City. Uh, 
Robert Sean Leonard was a guest in this year's episode uh, or this year's series. Uh, and uh, and it's basically just about life in New York City in uh, the high society. And Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon. I was going to say that. I was just going to check that. I'm like, isn't Carrie, Carrie Coon on it? Carrie Coon, who plays, she's kind of the female J.R. Ewing of uh, uh, wow. the age in that she's the scheming um, social climber on her way up. You, The, the person you love to hate. Um, and she does it really well. Um, um, because she's very grounded. She's not outlandish and cartoonish the way that Larry Hagman was as J.R. Mm -hmm. He's extremely grounded and really gives a, a strong performance. You know, these, you know, these characters, I mean, Christine Baranski is walking around very theatrical. Oh. And Cynthia Nixon uh, matches her. Cynthia Nixon's very good. In um, and the other uh, uh, ensemble acting is very affected and, you know, with with dialogue that's like appropriate to the time. And uh, Eileen started watching it at first. I was like, whatever to this. But the more I started watching it, the writing's great. So many mic drop lines. So many. I'm like, ah, whatever to this. And I'm like, oh, Mrs. Astor, how you <laughs> How you construct this web that you stare. So uh, the more the transformations. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Lane's in it. Uh, and he's very good with Nathan Lane. And he's got a deep Southern accent. He's like, oh, Mrs. Russell. And he twirls his mustache. Uh, it's uh, it's very enjoyable. And uh, it's very um, and it's very ambitious. There's like about nine or ten storylines going. And I don't know how they keep track of them all, but they do a great job with it. And uh, I never watched Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. um, Eileen loved Downton Abbey. And mm -hmm. uh, so when she heard, oh, new series from uh, the Julian Fellows, um, she started watching and Downton Abbey I never got into, but the Gilded Age surprised, it surprised me how much I enjoyed it this season. So that's my number eight. Okay. Okay. What's your number seven? My number seven is Succession. And we've talked about Succession a lot. So that's number two. That's uh, on our list. That's the second. Yeah. Match. Yeah. That's I figured only murders in succession would be on both of ours. There still was like too many episodes of who is running the company. That's why succession. That's why I'm not as high up on succession as most people. But I did think this was a pretty good year. The the two best episodes were when Brian Cox's character died unexpectedly. That was a great episode. Agreed. And the election night one was terrifying. So many bad memories. Yeah. Yeah, that one that one was terrifying so i agree and the performances were really good especially right. karen culkin who we agree on was great this year you always like matthew mcfadden sarah snook uh j smith cameron cousin greg nicholas braun that's <laughs> always funny scars was good Guys, he was good. And it would be up higher if they didn't do the same plot too many times. I know. But I, 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 I really, this was probably my favorite. Well, first season was was pretty good. Mm -hmm. but this one was, was a good, strong way to end it. Some people have called this one of the greatest shows in the history of television. Do you agree? No way. No way. No way. It's fine. It's entertaining. It's a good send up of rich, terrible people. But let's not pretend it's breaking any new ground. Or I wouldn't it's, even call it top It's time. good and there's all those parallels to what's going on now. Uh -huh. I think that's why maybe some people like it so much. And it, I'm not going to, I mean, it's good. I just don't think it's great. Exactly. But I enjoyed most of the season. So I thought it was worthy to be in my top 10. I'm just like, let's cool it with all the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, my number seven is. You know what? Real, cool, real quick, before we go to your seven, 
I think part of it too is maybe it doesn't have the competition because when it was, you had that stretch where it was Mad Men, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, The Wire. There's nothing really compared to that these days. Agreed. And it felt so new and fresh. Like yeah, the, so Succession oh, stands out more than it would have if it was competing with those shows. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. Like the novelty's gone. Yeah. You know, and so you're like, I mean, you've really got to like work harder, I think, with better writing to, to reach that, that that level that those others that you just talked about have set. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, anything else on Succession? I've, I've got. No, that was I just wanted to add that one. I just thought of that. Um, my number seven is going b- back to BritBox. Um, and. <laughs> This series, Box is your new jazz. Really, I'm telling you, Len. I'm, I don't expect you to watch Shetland, but Happy Valley, which has a, in my defense, it has a 98 percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow! Uh, it is it, I, the the show that I would compare it to is Fargo. It is the only thing that Fargo has on Happy Valley. It's set in a small British town. The main character, who is played by um, Sarah Lancashire, um, her personal life is a complete mess. So she's trying to say, trying to stay one step ahead of you know the authorities coming down on her, as opposed to her trying to solve the crime. Um, It's it's full of menace. It's full of just dark, you know, scary characters um, and. and uh, the villain is played by James Norton. And if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, that guy. He's been in so many. Um, he was in, um, he was in, uh, let me see here. He was in uh, An Education with uh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, good movie. He's been in Lady Chatterley's Lover. He's been in, um, he was in Mr. Turner. He does a lot of, you know, it's all, he was in uh, Rush, that movie with Chris Hemsworth. Um, if you saw him, you're like, oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. He's tremendous in this. Um, I really just can't. Um, I, I uh, this was another one where I was I wasn't even like half laughing at it. I was like, this rule. So Happy Valley. Um, it's on BritBox, but I believe you can see What's it. The, oh, it's it's she's trying to solve crimes. Yeah, she's a police. Okay. Uh, she's a police sergeant, and it appeared in a few top ten lists this year, and I think well deserved. The acting is stellar, mm-hmm. and and the writing is very good. Happy Valley. That's my number. Six. My number six is almost always on my top ten, and it's. John Oliver. I think it's technically called This Week with John Oliver. I liked this season better than the past two or three seasons because it was funnier. And John Oliver, there's some, when John Oliver is almost like teaching you things, sometimes it can get a little too dry where there's no comedy involved. But I thought this year it they remembered their, he even said it at one point, he's like, we're a comedy show. <laughs> and you're like, well... <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe more so this year because because some of the seasons have been pretty bleak and i i mean you don't blame them because so much stuff's been going on in the country but this year i felt like the balance was better more comedy and really really enjoyed it this year laughed a lot more so john oliver is my number six um my number six is slow horses which i believe you can see on apple tv um, it stars Gary Oldman and um, Jack Snowden, and um, it's just a good, hot. Um, Kristen Scott Thomas is in it. Love her, and uh, she's great. She's and um, and she is um, particularly good. She's oily. She's like the head of MI5, and so there's all, all kinds of spy intrigue stuff going on. Gary Oldman is amazing. He's just he's such a slob. He's the worst. <laughs> 
he tells the people that work for him, like, I don't like you and I'm sending you out in the hopes that you'll be killed so I don't have to deal with you anymore. I mean, like, those are his um, those are his lines. And uh, and uh, he's slovenly he, he he's prone to bits of flatulence or um, it just is a disgusting character. And uh, which is great because did you ever see him in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? No. So also about, you know, spies and MI5 and British intelligence. And, uh, and there he's like totally like buttoned up. He's almost like a James Bond type. He just uh, does everything correctly. And here like his shirts are tucked in, you know, he eats Chinese food and it spills all over his shirt. It, it's just such a, a contrast contrast of characters oldman's just tremendous and uh jonathan price is in it for little bits he plays uh snowden's uh great uh snowden's grandfather who was a who was a british intelligence legend so snowden's character will go to him uh when he is perplexed by the crime and uh what i like about too about snowden um and his character river cartwright basically this when you're in mi5 and you screw up you're sent to basically the island of misfit toys, which Gary Oldman is in charge of. So all these agents that work for him are total screw-ups. And uh, and so they're not fired. They're sent to Slough House and they're called Slow Horses and they get the they get the shit jobs. And uh, but somehow under Gary Oldman's leadership, they wind up, you know, in the thick of major um uh, you know, world events. And, and, uh, it's based on the uh, books by Mick Heron. Um, I don't know if those sell well. I read one and I was like, they're all right. Yeah. Slow horses. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but it's very well acted. The writing's great. I really, um, and with each season I'm like, I'm like, Oh, is this going to be as good as the last one? Yes. It's very well paced and, um, and, uh, just really very, very well done every time. Slow horses. That's my number six. Okay. My number five is another one. That's almost always on my list and that is survivor (laughs) and what's good about survivor nowadays is one every pretty much everybody shows up to play one of the see they always have two seasons each year the second season they actually weirdly had a couple people quit which pretty much never happens anymore but it kind of bounced back from there mm-hmm. and everybody's trying real hard you know what everybody's not there it used to be a lot of people around on just to further their career they're on the show but they really want to be a model or an actor or a musician but now it feels there's a lot more just big survivor fans they just want to be on survivor uh-huh. and it's just it was a really a really strong season a uh, really fun season and what makes it because you asked me i think on the last the recap podcast we just did tonight about reality shows and the thing that always makes it different is just the behavior nobody has a phone all you're doing is spending time with these people playing right. a game right and it really it's kind of it's just fascinating how people react to it each time and you root for certain people and they do a good job of surprising you. They always throw in some nice twists. So Survivor is my number five. I used to watch it like back in the day, but I haven't seen it in forever. So mm-hmm. I have to. Yeah, me and Darby watch it. <laughs> um, my number five is a limited series, and I talked about it, I believe, on an I Recommend. I just really like this show. It's The Fall of the House of Usher. Um, and it stars uh, Bruce Greenwood, uh, Mary McDonald, uh, Mark Hamill is in it and it's directed by mike flanagan who uh has really carved the name for himself in <clears throat> he directed dr sleep and uh the house 
on the haunting of hill house what what was the shirley jackson novel yeah yeah that one yeah yeah that haunting of hill house got a lot of really good reviews that Laura was, loved that. that was very good house of usher is and i've heard good things about house of the usher the house of usher in this one is so it's the story but it's basically the house of usher is uh the sackler family and they run the opioid company and they're terrible people. So they're it's like succession, but it's a horror movie. So we so they they set it up where all these family members are just terrible, horrible, awful people. And then you just watch them die in outstanding, awesome ways. <laughs> and uh, but they get they get what's coming to them. And uh, and so then, then there's a there's a separate backstory, um, which is also kind of an origin story where you uh, Bruce Greenwood and Mary McDonald play brother and sister, Roderick Usher and his sister. So you find out how they got to be, you know, in the in the position of power that they are. Mark Hamill is outstanding as their uh, ruthless lawyer. He like he wears gloves all the time and there's no comment <laughs> on that. And he's like, I'll make it disappear. Uh, you don't have to worry. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing with your voice, Mark? Never mind. I love it. Um, uh, it's really good. And uh, it made me, and I'm very excited because Flanagan is now going to do um, The Dark Tower. And if anyone can make yeah. that, that book, um, I think Stephen King, whom we talked about on an earlier podcast, um, The Dark Tower is like a super favorite of Stephen King nerds. My brother, Matt, and my father, go. they, they love The Dark Tower. They can like spend like literally an hour or more talking about the dark tower while I take a nap and uh, <laughs> I still have to read it. So I, read I it tried. I tried. I read There's like six of them. I know. I read two dark tower books. I was like, I'm just not, I, I, I've had enough dark tower. I, I really have, but you know, sometimes there's movies that are better than the book. So if anyone can pull it off, Mike Flanagan can, cause I really just uh, enjoy his movies and house of usher is a triumph. Uh, that was my number five. Okay. My number four is another favorite of mine. That's almost always on my list. And that is Saturday night live and a face. I think I posted this on Facebook a couple of years ago. Even if the episode isn't that funny, even if the host isn't good or the musical guest isn't good, it's interesting just to watch how will this host do? Who is this musical guest? Where are they on? Who's getting how much time are these featured players getting their shots in? But that doesn't I mean I feel like the past year or so that hasn't been the case too much. It's more like it's just it's just been good most of the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like the writing's pretty strong. Weekend update is pretty much funny every week now. And I like the majority of the cast members. There's a couple I'm not thrilled about. They have a big cast and they're doing a good job of incorporating some of these new people in. They just got this woman, Chloe Trost, woman, she's pretty young, <laughs> who has this great voice, and they instantly are using that. They're like, okay, she's a feature player, whatever. She's got this voice. We got it. We got to use it for comedy. And uh, yeah, Saturday Night Live is my number four. Did you see the one on Weekend Update where um, it was Molly Carney? I don't know if she's a featured player. Yeah, she's featured. Uh, but she did uh, Holiday in Cleveland. Did you see that sketch? I think I, I think I don't think I've missed any. So she talked about going home and um, cocktail hour started at 3 p.m. Even though they'd been drinking since 9 a.m. And um, <laughs> And they did the segment where their grandmother picks their favorite grandchild. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, yeah. Who was your favorite yeah. host on, on SNL this year? 
I don't know. There was a lot of good ones. You know what was really good? This was, I mean, this is a new season since September, but they couldn't have actors on the first month or two because of the strike. Mm. And I don't even know if I'm going to get his name right. They had this stand-up comedian. I think his name's like Nate Barthgaze or something. And he that was guy, really... I've, I have watched um, one of his... Um, Nate Bargazzi. Yeah, I've watched yes. one of his specials on Netflix. That guy is hilarious. Yeah, he was really funny on the show. And Emma Stone recently was on. She's always good. Adam Driver. They have these repeat hosts that are... And Adam Driver... I, I just remember the first time I was on, you're like, Adam Driver, and he's hilarious. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's like the serious guy usually in a lot of his movies and when he was on Girls. But on Saturday Night Live, he, he's really good with characters. It's very funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, know, I always look forward to it. I look forward to it every week. Yeah, yeah. I know you're a big fan. Yep. So that was your number four. I'm available, Lord Michaels. I know you send your audition tape in every weekend. Very faithful. America demands a youthful 57-year-old to be on Saturday Night Live, Lauren. I mean, uh, I think I don't think we have enough 57 white guy representation. <laughs> I think America can agree. I just did a short stand-up set too, Lauren. So writer, stand-up, improv, sketch. I, I do it all, Lauren. So I'm ready. So uh, Succession was my number four. Mm-hmm. So um, And then Only Murders in the Building was my number three. Okay. So I'll do my number three. Okay. My number three is The Bear. Yes. So- <laughs> I thought the bear was really good. My only two issues with it this year. I still don't know what to think of that insane family holiday episode where they had <laughs> 4,000 4, famous guest stars. Lunacy. It was lunacy. And I'm I, I'm not sure what I thought of that episode. I'm like, did I like it? Was I distracted by all the famous people? I don't know. I almost think, I, do I have to watch it again? <laughs> And it was kind of in contrast to a lot of the other stuff that went on this year where they kind of took deeper dives into some of the other characters. And the other issue I had was the final episode, which I thought was good, except for locking Carmi in the freezer, which is such a sitcom thing. And then he and then he like, you know, right as she's coming in, he, you know, shouts that he doesn't want a relationship. I mean, that was pretty contrived. Yeah, that that was bad writing. That was bad writing. I didn't like that. I agree. But the rest of the episode was good. Mm-hmm. But so many, everything else was was great. My yeah. favorite episode I was thinking about was the one where the pastry chef, who's played by Lionel Boyce, who I think is great. He's great. Where he goes away. Loved that. I loved that episode. Like a lot of people picked either the crazy family one, which... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could do an entire podcast on that episode. Oh, no. Or they liked the one, which I bet you probably like a lot. And I liked it a lot, too. But not, it wasn't my favorite one because the pastry chef one was was the one called Forks, where uh, Iban Moss Bacharach, his character, goes to work at that restaurant. And they just basically have him washing forks for a couple of days. That was a good one, too. But the bear is is so well-liked. Everybody just gets really deep into it and likes to argue about what the best one is, I think. And it again, it it feels like Chicago, which is not easy to do. But really? it does. I feel like that's a place I, I could walk into and sit down and eat there. You know, and so- what was really good about the Forks episode was 
just all that extra stuff that a really well-known kind of expensive restaurant would do for the customers that felt real to me you know what i'm talking about like they went out and got somebody something from another restaurant just because they overheard them talking about at the table that kind of detail that that stuff felt true to me and that's really good writing don't lock somebody in the freezer and have them say something stupid that their girlfriend hears do do stuff like that Pay attention to the details. You have great actors. And yeah, I'm excited about season three. I love the cast. The cast is tremendous. And I really just want to shout out the Factory Theater's Jose um, Cervantes, who plays Angel on The Bear. And, you know, that guy's been in like two or three Factory shows. I remember him telling me like, yeah, I'm on the series now, The Bear. And, um, you know, it's great. You know, I'm really having a great time with it. And the next time I saw him, I'm like, you're unbelievable. I'm like, you are the winner. And um, so, Congratulations to Jose. Just so great. He's a good guy. I'm so happy for him. He said the bear is the second favorite thing he ever did behind doing a reading of Lane Call. <laughs> That's interesting because I he told me his favorite factory memory was doing karaoke town. Um, wow. Reading of karaoke town. He so, doesn't he he knows you're sensitive. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jose. Thank you for that too. <laughs> Maybe maybe uh, maybe last night in karaoke town will be nominated for multiple awards, just like the bear. Um, I have some. The bear is my number two. Okay, my number two well, is. I, I, can I can oh, I say? Oh, can I say just say? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about the Thanksgiving or the the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. To me, that was like I, Jamie Lee Curtis was acting her ass off in that. Mm-hmm. She yeah. was so. I felt like it was this collection of celebrities. That were just trying to like out, not outdo each other, but they were definitely, I felt like they were building off each other. It was very Chicago in that I really want to know how much of that was written, scripted, and how much of that was improvised. Mm-hmm. It just felt so, so all those guys, Bob Odenkirk, Mulaney, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Oliver um, Platt. Oliver Platt. I mean, they are there. You just, you felt like Sarah Paulson, who's always great. Sarah Paulson. You just felt like you're just watching these old pros just give like this acting kind of, it was like an acting exercise that they just took to um, the, 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 it, it was just so, so great. And um, to me, I just was, I was in awe of, first of all, I was like, I've never seen Jamie Lee Curtis act this great before. Then I was like, I don't think I've ever seen Bob Odenkirk act this great before. Like Odenkirk was tremendous. Yeah. And Oliver Platt, who I think has been terrific in, from the, from the start, you know, he, he has all these great, you know, just little bits of business. He, he just kind of like sprinkled in. He wasn't trying to steal focus, but he was, every time he spoke, it carried weight. I, to me, it was just like, it was just like watching just like great acting. And, and, and to me that, you know, the, the, the impact of just like the, the crazy effed up stuff that was going on to me was secondary, but it was, but it was, uh, it was very emotionally powerful. It was like, you didn't realize until you're halfway through it, that you're just like, I can't look away from this, even though this is hurtling quickly towards a horrific conclusion. Yeah. Um, but those are my thoughts on that episode. And to mm. your guess, like, maybe I should watch it again. I don't know if I could watch it. <laughs> I yeah, I know. It'd be hard to watch again. I don't know if I could. Yeah, yeah. But I watch it just to watch those those just wonderful 
actors do their thing. So that's my thought. Yeah, I went in, into it not knowing. Did you know when you watched it that all those actors were in it? None. All I knew was Jamie Lee Curtis. It kind of gets you a little off balance, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, who's going to walk in next? Um, the Copenhagen, when the pastry chef goes to Copenhagen, mm-hmm. I thought was just gentle <clears throat> and unexpected. Yeah, he's got a real nice quality as an actor. Mm-hmm. There's like a warmth that he exudes, which is not easy to do. There are not many actors, and you can say they have a calming effect. Yeah. But that yep. is how I would describe his character. He's calm. Yeah. yeah, very underrated actor, I think. And there's a power in that because I, I, he's one of my favorites. Yep. The Forks, two last things. I thought Oliver Platt's monologue, and this is more writing, but Oliver Platt does a great job with it. But Oliver Platt's Alex Gonzalez monologue is uh, <laughs> chef's kiss. So good. And he does a great job with it. It's really, it's really well done. Why do you have to bring up my pain? Oh, 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 so sorry, <laughs> Mr. Rain Delay Ben Zobrist in the tent. I apologize. We're changing our, our name. Hippo Horsey's changing our name to Rain Delay Ben Zobrist. <laughs> Mr. And you're going to be Mr. Uh, Jason Hayward's speech. That's your new character. Jason Hayward. <laughs> I, Anything I, else in the bear beef or should I move on to my number two? One last thing. I also like the Forks episode a lot. And I think the reason that I liked it, it was cool. I, all that restaurant stuff is super cool. I love all the Chicago shots throughout. It's a real love letter to the city. And I think the city needs it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like lately Chicago is just like taking a beating nationally. And no one's showing People who don't really know Chicago, so whatever. <laughs> and no one's showing it. And the bear is showing it. The mm-hmm. bear is, when you watch it, you're like, I, no, I've lived here 30 years. And I'm like, Chicago's a great town. And yeah. you know, so that is, to me, that's a great, that's a great thing to show. Mm-hmm. What I liked about the Forks episode this is my last thing. I thought it was great because you finally saw Richie have a breakthrough. Um, you know, and it didn't feel forced. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, he's got to change. Either he's going to, because he's such a jag off. <laughs> yeah. And and that was written very well. Yeah, there's they, a lot of early on for me, you're like, why is this guy working here? Right. Yeah. But we all know somebody like that. You're like, mm-hmm. this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> The only reason he's here because he fucking is related to someone and he's the worst. Yep. And I want to yep. punch him in the face. Yep. We, we all know that guy. So I thought that that was really well done. And I was impressed with how he learned his lesson about how to work and how to treat people. And it it didn't feel because you're like, OK, here's the episode where he learns to, you know, not be a dick. And that could have gone badly. But they I, I, I was impressed. It was great. Really, really well done. That's 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 all I have there. My number two is one I've talked about and I recommend. And it's Smartless. Smartless is about the podcast that Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett do. And it's a documentary of them on the road. And it's very funny. Just Will Arnett, just watch it for Will Arnett making fun of Bateman. <laughs> They pretty much laughed at everything Will Arnett says about him in in this series. Plus, there's there's clips of the shows they do. They have guests like Conan O'Brien, Matt Damon. It, it's just very fun. Another one where I just I did like I'm just gonna keep on watching because I'm I'm really really enjoying it. Bateman was uh, Bateman's kind of an odd guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> discover the quirks of yeah, Bateman, the quirky guy. <laughs> When you're watching this, yep. A lot of eating <laughs> in the show. 
hanging out in their room, and Sean Hayes, all Sean Hayes is doing is just going, ah, 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 I know you guys. Like what Bean is doing right now it would be on Smartless. Yes, I'm doing my Sean Hayes. Getting room service, but having to walk outside down the block to go get it would have totally fit into the Smartless documentary. No kidding. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm here for my food. Oh, you got to go two blocks that way. <laughs> going on don't you know i'm podcasting right now yep. how are you going to fix this anyway <laughs> don't act like you don't know me all right i think we're both up to our number ones i'm guessing we both picked the same number one no we did not really no nope. all right what's your number one my number one's jury duty <laughs> we definitely did not yeah mine is fargo so fargo did not make your top 10 well this is what i thought i'm not done with fargo yet so i felt like i didn't want to put it on there yet that's why, because I, I said I had one honorable mention and one incomplete. Fargo is the incomplete. And it's been really good. But I was like, I want to wait it out. I want to see how well, how they finish up. I'm. Uh, are you all caught up on Fargo? No, I'm one behind. I thought the very latest one, in my opinion, was as good a Fargo episode as has ever been done. Oh, really? Because the, the, the first two episodes were some of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah, this was right there, in my opinion. Um, good, really good stuff. Um, I would say... Because it was right starting now, to, it was starting to lag a little bit. Yeah, I'd say Fargo would if I had to put it in my top ten, it would be top three or four, I think. Yeah. But I'm like, I want to finish it, and I think me and you both, when the season ends, we'll definitely talk we've, about it on the recap. We've been talking about it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Check out uh, our recap episodes. I think we've talked about it on, on two different episodes. So we get into the acting and the performances and the writing all there. Um, you know, uh, I'm just glad the moist repose of John Ham. Moist repose of John Ham, uh, and the vaping of Joe Carey. <laughs> greatest uh so uh the only thing that i will i'll conclude bargo by saying it's just nice to see a return to form for this show i thought it i was worried when season five came out i was like oh i hope this i hope this you know can get back to where it was and it re- in my opinion it has and then some right, let me talk about jury duty a little bit yeah the genius of jury duty and I'm not really giving anything away if, if you haven't watched it yet. I've tried. I think I've watched two or three episodes. It's it's they get a guy who thinks they're doing a documentary of a jury trial. Yes. But it's not. It's completely made up and they have all these actors in it. And the guy's name is Ronald Gladden. And they really scored by getting this guy. You could not have cast a better guy in this role. Because the I don't want to give too much away because I, I love the show so much that I'd probably be mad if anything was given away to me. They basically surround him with a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Just to see how he would react to it. And I laughed so hard in it. James Marsden's in it playing a jerk version of himself, and he's great. Uh, Most of these actors you won't recognize, which is smart, obviously. You don't want to have any famous actors because then he might be get suspicious. Like, wait a minute, I recognize that guy. Yeah. And out of everything I watched this year, this was the one show. I remember one time I was like, all right, I'm going to watch episode Jury Duty. Then I'm going to watch something else. I'm like, nope, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) And I watched like four. I like I watched four in a row. Yeah, then you know it's so it's so funny. And again, this guy Ronald Gladden, you just feel for the guy. Yep. And the way he connects with these weirdos. It's it's hilarious. It's moving. It's a genius idea that they somehow pulled up. So jury duty is my number. Okay. Um yeah, I won't uh the only thing I'll say, didn't you think it was like a little mean spirited? Like they're just trying to just put one over on. That's what I can't get past. It just seems like mean spirited. And maybe I just need well, to get- 
Without going into specifics, I read a little bit about some of that stuff. And what they tried to do was make sure he didn't get really mad at any of these people. Because there's a scene where James Marsden is just being a jerk. Right. And they realize this he, he's like not going to like the James Marsden now. So they made Marsden come back and they added on to the scene. And then the guy basically forgave him. Yeah. So they were always kind of checking in to make sure he was doing okay. Fair. And like I said, they're 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 mainly just weirdos. <laughs> they're not like they're not they're not making him. <laughs> I don't know how far you got though. There's a scene in the guy's <laughs> hotel room where James Marsden uses his toilet, and I'll stop at that. So damn funny, just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, very. I was so happy watching that show. Um, all right. So you you did your honorable mentions then? No, I only have I only have one honorable mention. Okay, what's your honorable mention? My honorable mention is Hard Knocks, which I love. Yeah, great. The reason I I'm like it was only five episodes. I thought the first four were really good. The fifth one I almost felt like was too much of an add on. Yeah, and but I, I liked it pretty much as much as most of my top ten. But I'm like, well, I want to leave it out just because there's only five of them. I want to watch the in season one too, which is the Dolphin. So I'll probably try to watch that too. Now there's like um, there's like so many. Um, <clears throat> There's so many like, uh, you know, these types of uh, uh, shows now that are like follow, uh, you know, a certain team. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, um, but they're all really enjoyable. Yeah, I really like them. Yeah. So, I have, yeah, my I have one other incomplete, too, besides Fargo, and that's FUBAR. So FUBAR is the Arnold Schwarzenegger show. Have you heard about that? No. So it's Schwarzenegger playing a, I guess he's CIA, and his daughter is also in there, but he doesn't realize it. They both find out, they find out, he finds out she's in it too. And it's about their relationship and her and her boyfriend, who's played by Jay Baruchel, who I talked about last week on the recap because he's in blackberry and it's got this whole cast of characters monica barbaro plays his daughter she was on top gun the newest one with tom yeah. cruise she's really good there's a guy his name's milan carter who plays like kind of this <laughs> befuddled computer guy who's trying to uh, go on a date with this other this co-worker who's played by Aparna Brielle, who was on one of my favorite shows, AP Bio. And those three are the one I just want it to be about just those three, because that's the stuff I enjoy, because I really like those three. Schwarzenegger's fine, but you're like, yeah, I've seen this Schwarzenegger stuff before. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it, and I'm going to I'm gonna keep watching it. I, uh, I I have to see it. I really want to. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other show that we talked about on the Emmy, re Emmy thing we did on the recap that we recorded earlier tonight, Beef. Somebody tell me why you like Beef so much, because I am... Because <laughs> I don't get I'm it. really struggling. Give me your answer why you think Beef is a good show. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I'm afraid to. Yeah. Um, well, I have uh, I have just one honorable mention, and that mm -hmm. show is Never Have I Ever, which is on Netflix, and it's Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling's uh, she's she produces. Mm -hmm. uh, it it's basically a coming of age, growing pains, high school comedy with all Indian American uh, characters. Uh, Risha Poorjani, who plays the cop in Fargo. Uh, oh yeah, she's on it. 
Yeah, she's in this and she's great. She is the suspicious, uh, she is the suspicious sister who uh, um, thinks her grandmother is, uh, who's having wild, raucous sex with this, her new boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, she's suspicious of the boyfriend. And uh, so tries to like, tries to like uh, trap him and is completely incompetent at doing so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really like her on fire. Yeah, she's great in Fargo, and she's great in this. And uh, but Fargo's just got a great cast. Um, yeah, Fargo has a great cast. This is uh, mostly um, well. It's got a it's got a very diverse it's got a very diverse cast of <clears throat> not only Indian American but also uh, Asian characters, black characters. They they really run the whole gamut, and uh, it's just it's very sweet. The narrator who is hilarious, who has like a Ron Howard and Arrested Development type of uh, voiceover, constant voiceover. Uh, the narrator here is, wait for it, John McEnroe. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I'm listening to this and I'm laughing. And then I'm like, is that narrator John McEnroe? <laughs> And 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 Eileen and Jesse are like, yeah. Can you believe that? And he's he's great. He's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> so what a random casting choice. Uh, but he's really good. And the season it basically takes them through four years of high school. And um, fourth year they all graduate and go on their lives, and that's the end. Of the, they're not going to do a, a fifth season. Uh, but I like that. Yeah, I, I do like too. That. So you don't have like 35 year old prematurely balding actors and yeah. I'm trying to play college sophomores, but it's very, the characters are very well thought out. It's very old school sitcom-y, <clears throat> but the um, situations they get into are hilarious. There's a lot of sex, you know, sex comedy stuff because she, you know, the main character is, you know, wants a boyfriend and she's experimenting with her uh, love life and she gets into some crazy uh, predicaments and they're laugh out loud funny. Um, it's really, it's really cute and well done. Never have I ever on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Okay. All is right. there, before we move on to movies, is there any performances that we haven't mentioned that you would like to talk about? Um, trying to, you know what? I do want to recognize your pal, the second most successful character to actor to come out of the wire. And, uh, or I'm sorry, the most successful, excuse me, <laughs> the most successful. I forgot my own argument. <laughs> most successful most decorated actor to ever come out of the wire idris elba uh hijack i didn't really care for it too much it had its moments uh -huh. but he was great just terrific yeah. so um and uh just a cool dude and uh the, the plane's getting hijacked and he's trying to uh talk to the hijackers and you know negotiate a successful outcome and he just does such a good job um yeah. that's really it I, all the others we've talked about what about so you? movies okay i'm ready you you want me to start with my number 10 yeah, yeah now i want to tell you that i have three cartoons in my top 10 list wow yeah it was surprising <clears throat> okay my number 10 is barbie and i was i was doing my top 10 and i was like you know what barbie does deserve to be in there I think, I think so. it's almost hard to give it recognition now because it was so huge. <laughs> You're almost like, yeah. ah, Barbie's gotten enough attention, but it's a good movie and it was a hard thing to pull off. I agree. I remember seeing the preview, not even the previews, but hearing the idea of it and go, okay, this can go two ways. It could just be like this artsy film or it can be like this kind of just dumb kind of 
crowd pleasing comedy. Right. But it's I mean it's not dumb at all, but it is good comedy, but it also is artsy. And I'm really impressed with what Greta Gerwig did with it and how Margot Robbie played it. Yep. And all the different things and the sets, how it looked. This was not an easy thing to do. I agree. And again, it's easy just go, ah, I mean it made all the money. <laughs> All and it got all the praise. Do I need to recognize it too? Yes, I'm going to recognize it. Barbie is my number 10. <laughs> my number 10 is a cartoon. And I believe you talked about it on, uh, I believe you talked about it on uh, an earlier podcast. And uh, I was able to watch it. And that movie is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, I just really loved it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how much I, I. I mean, it was it was terrific, and what a great cast! I mean, that that cast is just is nonstop, and it had a great message. And uh, and Seth Rogen's another. Seth Rogen wrote it, and mm-hmm. uh, I for, I forget if he he had a voice in it. If if he was voiced one of the characters, I can't remember. I don't know. He was like the only one who wasn't. I mean, it was unbelievable how many people are in this uh, are in this cartoon. Um, but I just thought it was tremendous. And uh, and I was like, I can't believe I'm watching Teenage Mutant Ninja. We all said it. Uh, yeah, Seth Rogen is, is in it. Uh, Rose Byrne, Jackie Chan, Paul Rudd, Ice Cube, Hannibal Buress, um, to name just a few. <clears throat> Io, Io had a berry from the berry. Io had a berry. She, and I was like, like the main, main girl in it. I was just like, I can't believe how much I love this movie. Um, a real revelation. I, I just. Yeah, uh, it's it's just like kind of what I was saying about Barbie. It's not easy to pull off. And they, yeah, I remember because I, I had as my I recommend because I just wanted because Henry wanted to see it. And I'm like, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's visual. It's not just funny and, you know, it has some action too, but it's it's visually cool also. So Jesse had her pals over and they were watching it and they were like, this is really good. And, yep. and I sat down and I was like, I agree. Really, really. And, cool. it, and they do also do a good job of, they feel like high school guys. Yes. You get that awkwardness and yes, the energy and all that stuff. Agreed. Yeah. Really well written. Yeah. Seth Rogen did a great job. You really did. And I, Seth Rogen, I put him in the same category as Jason Siegel. They both fax me and, and say, why don't you like me? And I'm like, get away from me. And, uh, but I have to give Seth Rogen all the credit here. It was terrific. Seth Rogen just texted me and said, I want Beeve to come smoke a doob with me. <laughs> So there you go. There you go. Maybe you and Jason Siegel and Seth Rogen could do a reading of Freaks and Geeks. Oh, my God. I'd, like a live reading. I'd rather drink. You can play the James Franco part. I'd rather drink poison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Beeve turned into Lawrence Olivier there. It's that Olivier effect on me. It just did. Yeah. What a what an accomplishment, though. Materials. Yeah, agreed. My number nine, we talked about last week. It was my I recommend, and it's Blackberry, which I will continue to tell people about. Just if you didn't hear an episode from last week, Blackberry is about the Blackberry. Yeah. Jay Baruchel, who's really good in it, and Matt, the his best friend, who's played by Matthew Johnson, who's really good also, are, have this company, and they're trying to figure out how to make money, and they have this idea for this Blackberry. And Glenn Howerton, who is a guy who's on a, in another company, hears about it and decides to go over there and basically take control. Yeah. And it just goes from there. Very, very good movie. Uh, I might be a little partial to it because my first work phone was a BlackBerry, but I think anybody, anybody will enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, I want to see it. 
Um, that was your number nine. Yeah, that's my number nine. My number nine is also a cartoon that uh, I saw, and it's really more for like, oh, the story was beautiful too, but just visually, it was the the animation was so clever and so well done. And the movie is called The Boy and the Heron, and it's from the oh. Studio Ghibli. Um, they, they've, they're, they've done Howl's Moving Castle and Ponyo and, uh, my neighbor Totoro just to, um, the, the, the brains behind Studio Ghibli is Hayao Miyazaki. I think he won the Oscar for Spirited Away. Um, I think that won like a, some animation Oscar, but this is his new movie. Um, it just came out and, uh, it's just that all these movies are just like their works of art. And, um, and it's, and the story is very, the stories are very kind of like old and very Japanese in, um, you know, very much rooted in like that anime, um, Type of- Just interrupt for a sec, baby. It did win. It did win best animated feature in two thousand three. Spirit Away. Spirit Away. Yeah, and Studio Ghibli. I mean, they they they're famous for their. Um, they're sort of like the Japanese Pixar um, in that they are the, every one of in that they they compare to Pixar in that pretty much every one of their new releases gets like massive acclaim and like. Um, and Jesse and her pals are total studio Ghibli just freaks. Anyway, the boy in the hair stars Christian has uh, talked about an all star cast: Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, Dave Bautista, Florence. Wow, Poo, I had no idea. Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, um, and uh, that's the cast. Wow, and yeah, and uh, just really, really spectacular. Um, it's, it's artsy in a way where I, I, sometimes I think the plot, it's definitely not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where it's like fast paced. It's pretty slow, but it's just very, it's just, it's just like watching kind of art and it's, it's beautiful and really, really cool. And if you haven't seen any of those other movies that I mentioned, you should. And especially if you have kids, cause they will, they will really dig them. So, uh, the boy and the heron, that's my number nine. My number eight is the creator. Mm. Sci-fi. Starring John David Washington. And I guess the two main things, well, three things about the movie. One, I felt like the whole movie, I was just like into it, like right away. Yeah. It just grabbed me. Two, the visuals are great. Looks fantastic. I think this was one of my I recommends. And then the third thing is it deals with AI in a way. So it's like a hot topic. Yeah. And like I said, just really, really well made had me had me from the start and i feel like it got it got some decent reviews but i feel like i don't hear enough people talking about yeah i've I've the creator that's that's one i don't want to say a lot about either because there's some stuff that i'd rather you find out while you're watching the movie i've seen it on some lists yeah no no that's good and you talked about it too i think yeah yeah i I said that i think i I hit it on i recommend yeah all right uh my number eight is barbie which we've talked about quite a bit um and uh yeah i think i've kind of i liked it and uh i didn't like it as much as oppenheimer which came out the same weekend but that's good for the movies to have like two you know main uh uh, you know, two big releases do so well and kind of go against each other. And it was just fun to go to the movies and, uh, which we yeah, has some, you know, I don't, I can't remember the last type of like big movie event. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that um, everything you said and Ryan Gosling, I hope he gets a nomination. Um, he will. He was he was fantastic. He might even win. Yeah, uh, really good. We'll talk about Barbie more for the Oscars. And plus, we're going to do a Greta Gerwig episode in a couple weeks. So, yeah, more stay Barbie t- talk. Stay tuned for that. So, yeah, that's my number eight. My number seven is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Nice. I'm hearing a lot of anti-superhero <laughs> talk. 
Uh, we'll get to my honorable mentions. I have two superhero movies in my honorable mention. And then I have, well, actually, technically, there's one more in my top 10 besides Guardians. I think a lot of people now are just kind of dismissing them before they even think of going to see them. So, and I, I think part of it too is I grew up reading comics. So I kind of like want to defend them. <laughs> And I feel like some of the movies that were huge, I didn't think were as good as a couple of the ones that came out this year. Because I didn't like Age of Ultron. Yeah. I'm not as big an Iron Man fan as everybody else. But like a movie like Guardians and just the way they connect with each other and the whole idea of alternate Earth, something about that just I really like. And the High Executioner, I thought that's a good villain. I remembered him from the comics. So, I, you know, very entertaining. Really enjoyed it. So my number seven, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I still haven't seen it. And uh, I think because I loved the first one, loved it. I think it's still the best Marvel movie. And I had such high hopes for number two that I think it just inevitably disappointed me mm-hmm. and now I'm afraid to see number three because <laughs> I don't want to get further disappointed. Did you ever see the Guardians Christmas special? No. You need to watch that. Maybe I'll start there. Kevin Bacon. Really funny. Good one. All right. I'll, ch- I'll, I'll check both of them out. All right. That's your number seven. Okay. My number seven uh, is a movie uh, that I just saw. Uh, this movie is ridiculous and I laughed my ass off. You can see it on uh, Amazon Prime. It's called Bottoms. Have you heard of this movie? Oh, yeah. It's with IU. I, I want to see it. I keep looking for it because I want to watch it. Excuse my language. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's got. It's great. I think her name's Rachel Sennett, right? Yeah, and I was in Bodies, 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 which is yeah. a movie I keep talking about, a horror movie that she was in, and she was good in that. And then I think her and Io and another woman put this movie all together. Emma Seligman, Seligman. Yeah, Seligman. Emma. Yeah, Emma Seligman. And I read there. Were, there's a big article, and they're like, I think they're on the cover of New York Magazine. And I read the article about the movie. I'm like, yeah, I need to see this. And Cindy uh, Crawford's model dog. Water, is in it I mean, this movie is a riot from start to finish it, it's yeah, really, i need to i need to see it really funny bottoms that's the yeah. name and so for those of you wondering what's about it's a high school comedy and basically rachel senate and ayu are two girls who basically want to lose their virginities to cheerleaders <laughs> And so they start a fight club to try to help them achieve their goal. (laughs) Soon you have the most popular girls in high school beating each other up. And and uh, and then the plan goes out of control and they got to get out of it. And so it's like a typical kind of high school comedy. Like, how can we get out of this? But oh, some huge laughs. So funny. I don't want to say anything more. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. it Bottoms. That's my number seven. My numbers. A lot of these are my I recommends for the year. I feel like Mm -hmm. my number six is Past Lives, I think, which we talked about like a month ago. That's right. Greta Lee, who's very funny in the small part in the show Russian Doll. Oh, yeah. Gets the lead in this drama. So she's playing it serious in this. And it's the basic plot is her childhood friend, not really a boyfriend, but maybe there was potential for it, like 12, 13 years old. But then she moves to America and she ends up marrying a white man and she ends up reconnecting with this childhood friend. And it's all about kind of that pull between your past and what's going on with your life now. And it's really well made. It's very subtle. And I mean, I just really enjoyed it. And it's gotten a lot of praise by critics. I'm definitely not alone. Yeah, yeah. And 
Greta Lee might get nominated for Best Actress. I really Past Lives, it. my number six. I really want to see it. Uh, yeah. My number six is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Mm-hmm. And just a sweet, it's a adaptation of the Judy Bloom book that was very popular. And um, it's pretty faithful, as I recall. I mean, I, I don't, I think I like, I don't even know that I read the book. I know I read some, I read all the Judy Bloom like fudge books and fudge. Remember all those books that she wrote there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I wrote, or I read, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. But I like, I remember the story. So mm-hmm. I remember, can't remember when my sister read it or like other friends who did, but I knew the story going into the movie and they just do, it's 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 really, it's very well done. It's very well acted. Um, and it's just, a, it's a sweet, um, you know, coming of age story. It, they're very different from, I think it deals with weightier topics than say bottoms. Um, so there's a little more heft and weight behind it, but, um, you know, it's gotten tons of, I wonder if it's gotten tons of good reviews and, uh, I didn't know what to think, but I was like, well, I'll just see what this is about. Really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. And a movie that I thought about quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, so and uh, I, I would, I would rank it higher, but I, I, um, I don't know. It's uh, well, I, I, there were there were five other movies I liked more. It was, it felt like I, I, it could have been like two or three, but six seems sometimes low. But uh, suffice to say, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as you did. You saw it. I saw it. I mean, I thought it was. Your problem? I thought it was all right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I love Rachel McAdams, and Rachel McAdams is getting some notice for it. But I something about it just didn't grab me enough. I don't know. You thought it would be like. It might have been the parents. I don't think I liked the the parents, like the actors. I don't. Maybe they just didn't do a good enough job. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was good. Yeah, yeah. Just so, something about it was missing for me. I'm looking to see who played the parents. Yeah, because like that conflict, something about it didn't hit me like it should have. Right. So I don't know if it was the acting or the writing. Oh, Kathy but. Bates. No, not ki- not not her. The the uh, other set of parents. Oh, like I that scene. I feel like the emotion didn't hit me like it should have. Right, right. And and like what it's leading up to, basically. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, anyway. I thought it was sweet, and Kathy Bates was terrific. Um, I, I, something I'd never seen her in. You know, it, I thought it was a, a different role for her. Yeah, I'd say so. Anyway, that's my number six. Okay. My number five is another <laughs> recent I recommend. We only have one uh, agreement so far, right? Which is Barbie. Yeah, I think we'll have two more. Okay. I know one of mine you don't like. <laughs> uh, my number five is Joyride. Okay. Very funny. It's about a woman who ends up going back to, if I'm going to get this right, I think Korea, to find her birth mother. She's adopted and her her parents are white. And that's like the whole setup of the movie. And this... This movie is bawdy. It's ridiculous. and But you feel their friendship of these people. Sabrina Wu is the funniest one. She's like this K-pop obsessive. She made me laugh really hard. Really enjoyed it. So Joyride is my number five. I need to see it. Uh, my number five is uh, a movie that I don't understand why the, how this movie was not like a gigundous hit. I think it was a hit, but I don't understand why it didn't get like all the praise. It's a uh, dumb money with Paul Dano and uh, about the GameStop uh, stock scandal. And, yeah, that uh, one I didn't see it, and it kind of just felt like it just disappeared. It really did. I, did you see it in the theater, or did you see it somewhere else? I saw it in the theater. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those, like, what are we going to see? And I was like, dumb money. I don't even know what this is 
about. And I was like, oh, this is about GameStop uh, and their stock. And I looked at the cast. Not only does it have um, Paul Dano and Pete Davidson, who I can you know take or leave. Nick Offerman's in this. Uh, Sebastian Stan. Um, Clancy Brown. I mean, they've got some pretty Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, and I always like. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, how did this like huge cast, whoever was marketing this movie really fell down. Um, yeah, for sure. Because I thought it was hilarious. It was a good like kind of David Gal- versus Goliath kind of story. Um, yeah, like, that's the type of movie that should do well at the box office. Exactly. And it's ripped from the headlines. Mm-hmm. And you've got just like a major, you know, I, I don't know how, uh, I think, you know, it still shows that, you know, movie theaters have a, movies have a way to go. Um, because I, I was just surprised that, yeah, like you said, this movie kind of came and went maybe um, did it come out during the actor strike yeah i think that was also or the writer strike or something maybe that's part of why yeah because it didn't get promoted it really did not get the, the press and the praise that i thought it. i enjoyed the heck out of it that was great yeah i need to watch it yeah that's my number five okay my number four is across the spider-verse uh-huh. that's my number three and you can compare it to ninja turtles they're both visually striking amazing and they're i think across spider-verse is a big accomplishment in the fact that the first one did so well yeah so not only did you have to be good you had to kind of make it stand out from the first one right and they did they did i was in this into this right away i'm like oh this is this is great and i remember when we were done watching it i told henry i go i gotta watch this again (laughs) which i haven't yet but i'm going to I saw it with Declan and then I saw it with Jesse. And yeah. so I have seen it twice and I was afraid. I, I think that, first of all, I went in with lowered expectations because kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, because I loved uh, the first Spider-Verse, loved it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, well, what if this second one is, what if, they, yeah. what if they're out of ideas? Yeah. And uh, so, and I'm glad because I think that because I had kind of lowered expectations, I think I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but there's so much going on. I actually enjoyed it more the second time that I saw it because I was less confused. Because <laughs> it's very fast paced and they're throwing a lot. Yeah, out. that's why I wanted to watch it again because I felt like I missed stuff. I'm like, yeah, I need to see this again. Because yeah. the visuals are so great, you're almost distracted by the visuals. Right. Like, oh no, a lot of other stuff's going on. Right. Yeah. That, that was terrific. Okay. What was your number four? My number four, and it should be number one. And if this movie does not win multiple Oscars, I will be faxing everyone involved. That movie is, of course, John Wick 4. Uh, <laughs> finest movie ever made. And if Keanu Reeves, whom we have discussed in a previous podcast episode, uh, is not nominated for an Oscar for this. Uh, <laughs> Shut down the Oscars. Uh, basically, I went with Jesse, and she was like, Jesse goes, she said, uh, they, I saw John Wick go into a house and I fell asleep and I know I was out for a while and I woke up and he was still in the house and he was still fighting everybody. <laughs> and I was like, well, they're not doing that in The Last of Us. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> they're not doing that. You don't Heartwarming mother, uh, father, daughter moment. I said, you won't see this in Barbie not right now. <laughs> Uh, I love John Wick so much. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. And uh, the other thing is that Ian McShane's in it. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And uh, the guy from The Wire, uh, Daniels, Lieutenant Daniels. 
Yeah, Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick's in it. So all star cast, and uh, and then and then Keanu doing you know becoming a legend. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it the, the movie is the, the violence is so ridiculous and cartoonish. You have to just laugh, and it's enjoyable. What can I say? <laughs> I loved it. I loved that it, it, they just pushed the envelope. Like, do you, have you seen John Wick four? No. Oh. I'm <laughs> There's a scene where in it, it's a famous uh, uh, stairwell in Paris, and it it goes up like ten or twelve. I mean, it's a huge um, uh, staircase that's outdoors. And John Wick fights his way to the top, and then at the very top gets knocked all the way. He falls all the way down to the bottom, and then must fight his way up again <laughs> a second time. This goes on for about twenty minutes. <laughs> And uh, and I was like, this is cinema can get no finer. There's there's really no uh, more mountains left to climb for John Wick. But you'll be pleased to know that he dies in this. Sorry, sorry for the spoiler alert. Uh, Really? Yeah. So they'll or John Wick. There will not be a John Wick five unless he comes back from the dead. Always possible. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number four. John Wick four. My number three is your favorite movie of the year, Asteroid City. Oh, for God's sake! (laughs) Good choice. Yes. Uh, we argued about the, for the, everyone listening. We argued about this quite a bit. This might have been our most heated argument of 2023 uh, on podcast. And yeah, I know you loved it, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm you a big it. Wes Anderson fan. I am too, and I think. I love Wes Anderson. I think it starts a little slower than some of his other movies. Mm-hmm. And then it kicked in for me. And I'm like, I love it. I'm all in. And the cast is incredible. He gets the he gets the uh, the cast. He is everybody in this movie. Amazing. Joe DiMaria. I'm sorry. Adrian Brody. It, Joe DiMaria. I'm, I'm Hanks. Schwartzman. Scarlett Johansson. Matt Dillon. I mean, it's everybody. Everyone. I feel like we're talking about this a lot. Just these amazing casts. Margot Robbie. Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it. Asteroid City, my number Edward three. Norton. I don't feel like arguing more. But just say, I'm right, Asteroid City. <laughs> Asteroid if you want to listen to us argue about it, I think there's a recap episode that's even titled something about Asteroid City, so you can search it out that way. Did you see uh, Wes Anderson's uh, Netflix things on all those? No, you said I should. I got I to gotta remember to watch those. Yes. I want to get your opinion on it because I watched yeah, the... You, I, just, I thought you said you really liked them, right? Uh, it was, it was too talky. Oh, okay. But that was my opinion. Yeah. It was faithful, very faithful to that Henry Sugar story. And I thought too faithful. Mm. I thought that he really wanted to like, like capture it. But all he did was just, there were just parts where he's just, they're just reading from the book. And I'm like, well, this is boring, but maybe you disagree. So watch it so that we can have another knockdown drag out. <laughs> argument uh okay, the end of jag bag <laughs> my number three is across the spider-verse right uh what's your do you want to do my you want to do your number two or do you want me to do mine yeah i can do my number two okay. my number two and this might partially be because i just watched it is leave the world behind i just loved it yeah the, without giving away too much to plot so julian julia roberts and ethan hawk are parents they have two kids it looks great julia roberts spontaneously decides we're gonna go out we're gonna rent the house and go she just basically is packing when ethan hawk's sleeping goes all right we're gonna go do this so they go to this house it's an airbnb right yeah basically it's somebody rents in their house really nice house yeah and maharishi ali who's who's famous for moonlight and true detective he shows up basically in the middle of the night with his daughter and says hey this is my house and i was in the city and there's a blackout 
but I need to stay here because I have nowhere else to go. So they're suspicious about it, and, but he, you know, they do end up staying there, and then all this stuff starts happening without giving it away. And I was, I was riveted. I want you to see it too because we need to talk about the ending. Good. I really liked the ending, but there's people that just, I, I think they don't. I don't want to say they don't get it, but they're not taking it the right way. I think. And Julia Roberts, who I, I, I always liked Julia Roberts, but there's a lot of people that don't like her, and she plays an unlikable character in this she kind of leans into it which is i think is a smart move and she's she's great in it huh yeah and it's my type of movie because without giving away the plot i usually kind of like movies like this especially when they're well made like this one and it looks really good it's it's directed by the guy who he did the series i think it was called was it called mr robot with rami malik is that what it was called oh yeah maybe yeah yeah he, he's a director. Okay. And it got pretty decent reviews, but it's not really getting any hype besides that. And I, I think it's just as good as some of these other movies that they're talking about for Oscars. There's a gigantic billboard for the movie, like down on, uh, like, I think it's Elston, like where the salt shed. Yeah, I saw a giant billboard somewhere too. Billboard for it. I was like, oh, I just watched that. <laughs> yeah, I want to Then I waved. It. Then I waved to the billboard. <laughs> it's me. I watched you. They're like, oh God. Yeah, you all, yeah, you also you also liked Asteroid City. Okay. <laughs> yeah, give it a watch, B, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I, I will. I will. And uh, I return. Um, my number two, I watched it last night and I started. So we both have the recency for our number twos. Yeah. I watched it knowing this was going to be three hours long. And I was like, this will I have to get up and go on get on a plane. But I don't know. I want to see it. And that's Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, the Martin Scorsese movie. Um, fantastic. Just the performance. Just what, what just stood out to me is that Martin Scorsese is how old? And yeah, he's I think he's like 80. Isn't he? And that his fastball is as he is as sharp and as on top of it and committed and it's a staggering achievement and you know just the, the whole thing you know DiCaprio and De Niro and Lily Gladstone they're getting all the Jesse Plemons they're getting all the the notoriety but for me the star of the movie is Scorsese I, I just can't believe he's 81 amazing you, know, you just you just know when you're watching a Martin Scorsese movie it's 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 well paced the you know the, it, the tension is always there it builds the violence the um just the all the hallmarks of a great Martin Scorsese movie are in and it's three hours it's a it's a master class and like kind of like my Peter Gabriel review where like really the only thing to debate is where it ranks and right I know it's I'm recent but this is up there with one of the best things he's ever done I really I really do because it's he's done historical dramas before mm -hmm. like like the age of innocence remember that yeah i haven't seen that one though like that was a period piece um but this one is not like set like on the mean streets it's out in like a rural setting mm -hmm. uh kind of like alice doesn't live here anymore that was another yeah. uh, this is uh well it's 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 different in that sense but just the way that he shoots it and um the way that uh the characters are lit just everything about it is um just says martin scorsese and it's uh one of his best. That's uh, I, I don't want to give too much away. And the, the performances are all great. Uh, Kirk said it best about De Niro. It said it's great to see Robert De Niro actually trying uh, up there and like giving a hundred percent. And he's right. 
Like De Niro is committed and he's acting. And that is awesome to watch. And to I had someone though who saw it and liked it, but thought DiCaprio was a potato, was how they described him in this movie. He's kind of the weak link when you compare him to, you know, the thing is like, you know, De Niro, De Niro has been kind of like in a slumber for so long that you forget that at one point he was considered one of the all-time great actors. And he's just kind of like, for whatever reason, whether to get a paycheck or he just doesn't care anymore or he's just like no one or sometimes you just think a movie's good and ends up not being good i think that happens sometimes too too but he does he seems like he's mailing you know to kirk's point he does seem like he's mailing it in quite a bit now he is far from mailing it in 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 this movie so that's nice to watch well my my question for you lily gladstone is the front runner they think she's gonna win do you think she should win I do. I, I do. I, I don't see how she doesn't get it. I really don't. But I'm curious to hear. My money is on Scarlett Johansson for asteroids. <laughs> Scarlett faxed me and says it won't work. It won't work. I won't go out on a date with him. Tell him to stop. <laughs> Tell him to stop faxing me. No, that was more a jab at you, Beebs, and an attempt I, to, I'm woo, trying to, turn it around. Attempt I, to woo Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Uh, all right. I think I, I think although I, she does like comedians, so Ooh, I have a chance. I was referring to me. Oh, <laughs> I just said my resume for Lauren Michaels B. Were you not listening? I was listening. And uh, I, um, I, I want you to know that I sent my recommendation letter to him as well and said, based on uh, our three years together as Jag Bags podcast host, I will give him nothing less than the finest recommendation. <laughs> Or SNL. Sincerely yours. I'm not writing this letter because my therapist thought it would help. <laughs> Sincerely yours, Michael A. Byer. What's your middle name? My middle my middle name is Andrew. Andrew. Okay. Yes. Named after another. Never uncle. knew. Never knew. Michael Andrew Byer. I want to get mad at you. I can say Michael Andrew. Oh great. Another weapon in my arsenal. I was foolish to reveal that. <laughs> You reveal a lot on these podcasts. Beat. Really do. Really yeah. do. I think our number one movie is the same. My number one movie is Oppenheim. As is mine. It's three hours. It's riveting. It's suspenseful. Yeah. Even though you kind of know what's going to happen. Yes. What I was like. <laughs> yes. This is amazing. <laughs> and Cillian Murphy, who I liked as an actor, so I wasn't really shocked that he was good. But man, I'd good. like for him to win. I don't think he's going to. I think Bradley Cooper is the front runner right now. But you're kidding. Yeah, Bradley Cooper is. I'd like, I really would like to see him win. And Downey, Downey is so great in this movie. It took me a minute to re- realize it was him. Like, yeah, he's and fantastic. I forget, you forget that you're watching him too. And you also forget that Robert Downey Jr. makes a fantastic villain. Yeah, I mean, he's he's so great. Yeah. And everybody. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, Emily Blunt. Yep. Damon, Matt Damon is great. It, it's just... I'm always super impressed that you can make something that could be so dry into something so riveting, so entertaining. So it's, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, Christopher Nolan, he's another person we're going to do a podcast on in a, I don't know, a month or so. Very impressed with him the more I watch his stuff. Yeah. He's, he's a really good storyteller and right. also visually great at doing things. He, he's an excellent director. I agree. 
And I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen with Oppenheimer. Like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And there was not one moment in the movie where I was out of it. You know, even a movie you really like, sometimes you might wander for a minute. I was locked in the whole time. I thought it really flew. It, the movie, real, the best parts of the movie was when he was out in New Mexico building and then testing the bomb and that sequence of the the final sequence when they are going to explode they're going to test that bomb was just great yeah yeah just great mm -hmm. and so many great lines I, when uh, damon says you know hey you know we need you to lead the team that uh you know to build this atomic bomb based on your theories and and he says, well, you know, those theories are not meant to be making uh, a weapon like this. And I don't know if my morals would allow me to. And Matt Damon says, yeah, that's great. Aha, that's terrific. Great. Let me tell you something. The Germans are two years ahead of us and they don't share your little moral quandary. So think on that. <laughs> I was like. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so I'm much. I'm totally paraphrasing that line, but that just like yeah. hit me in the face. Like, wow, what a moment. Yeah. You know, and, there's and, so much going on, so much going on in that movie. Yeah. It's history. It's morality. Yeah. It's the future. It's the relationships. It's him and his wife and Florence Pugh. And yeah, really well done. And Josh Hartnett. He's people. great. Yeah. He's fucking greatness. Yes, he is. Agreed. You're like, who is I was like, who is that? Oh, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. He's like, I mean, his he's got such a presence in this movie. He really you know, does. Like, maybe that's why everybody thought he was gonna be such a big star, because he shows it in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh an oldman as uh Harry S. Truman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that scene where he walks in there. Wow, You're like holy shit. <laughs> I know. I mean, it, there's all. I mean, you know, um, the guy who played Han Solo in Solo, he's really good. As oh Donald, yeah, just yeah. Um, blanking on his name, Alden. Yeah, Ehrenreich. he's yeah. in a movie called I forgot what it's called. Something. It's one of the most overrated movies of the year. I watched it, and he's super unlikable in it. Uh, what the hell called? It's funny. He's like critics are like fair play. Okay. Terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. And right away, I'm like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> right. Even though I loved him in solo, it took me a minute to realize it was him. But right away, I'm like, nope. <laughs> like he's a good actor. Yeah, he is. He is. Anyway, uh, it's uh, Casey Affleck. I mean, they, I mean, I could just go on and on. Yeah, let's just throw Casey Affleck in there for yeah. a few minutes. Uh, I mean, the, and uh, I, there's like ten Rami Malek. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. He's in there. Yeah, he's in it for like seven seconds. Yeah, let's throw these Oscar winners in for seven seconds. It's incredible because they want to be in a Christopher Nolan movie, probably, and they want to be in this uh, this movie because they know that it's probably had the chance to be a towering achievement. Yeah, yeah. Look at that beef. We agreed again. Unbelievable. What is going on? <laughs> What a way to end on total agreement. If only Do we have any other. Do you have any performances that we haven't mentioned? Not on my end. Um, I got three quick ones and then some honorable mentions. Okay. And then we can do our in memoriam quick, quickly. Okay. I know you have business tomorrow. <laughs> All right, real quick. I like Simu Lu and uh, Michael Sarah and Barbie. How they're both really funny. Yeah. And my other one is uh, Timothy Chalamet in Wonka. Oh, I haven't seen that. Wonka. I think Wonka's good. Not not like a great movie, but again, it, it had a high barrier to clear because yeah. people our age, we most of us love the original Limanka. Yeah, yeah. I and I don't know if you could see Chalamet turning into like the Gene Wilder version of it, but on its own, he does a really nice job. 
And you know he will. You know he's he's too talented of a guy to mess that up. Yeah. So I, I was I was in, and he has to sing, and he, he said there was a I read something about he's saying how hard it was for him to do all the singing and dancing in it, but he pulls it off. So kudos to him. Great job. Yep. Okay. My honorable mentions, real quick. That we haven't mentioned. Wonka was one of them. Scream Six, Sucker for the Scream movies. <laughs> Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I didn't see that. I am a big Shazam fan. I I, I just like the family, like how they all get together with each other. Something about it just uh, gets to me. The Dungeons and Dragons movie, another one where I'm like, I'm just going with Henry, and I somehow really enjoyed it. Air. Oh, yeah. I know you like that, right? I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see it? Um, I have to, you would I, definitely I, like that. You would definitely would, like that. Yeah. Bateman, Damon, Affleck, <laughs> Viola Davis. Yes. Uh, Elemental, which is which had a strange kind of thing because when it came out, not as many people saw it right away, but then eventually people decided to go see it. So they thought it was going to be a bomb and then it ended up being a hit. <laughs> More of like a slow burn, which is unusual for like these animated movies because yeah. usually the kids want to see it their way. And then another superhero movie, The Marvels, which I enjoyed. So for me, I thought I saw four su- superhero movies. I liked three of them a lot. And then Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania didn't really hit it for me, but I don't really like, I didn't, I mean, Jonathan Majors is basically fired from Marvel because of his legal issues. Right. But I never liked him. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why Quantum Mania isn't as good as the other Ant-Man movies. Yeah. But I feel like they're kind of just piling on. All right, that's my... <laughs> I think they have to. I'm take, off the pulpit now, Beef. <laughs> I think they have to take a step back. Uh, I think they are. I think. I think they really, especially figure out their next move with all the Disney Plus content, where they did way too many series. Where you're like, what? What am I going to do? And I love. I love most of this stuff, and I, I still haven't gotten to half of the series I wanted to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen Hawkeye. I haven't seen the. Uh, I haven't seen that either. The Falcon one. I haven't. That was pretty good. I just don't have time to watch all that stuff. You got to just spread them out. Yep. Yep. For sure. I can't right. Are we ready? You want to do the first? You want to pour out a kombucha for somebody first? Yes. I, first of all, I can't believe you didn't have cocaine bear in your top 10 or uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving. I can't believe Thanksgiving wasn't in your uh, <laughs> horror movie. Not the killer pilgrim. Uh, okay. I will start with celebs who died and I'm going to pour out a kombucha for Lisa Marie Presley. Um uh, really just, uh, you know, just, uh, just a tragic life. And there's a great article on her. I think it's in the New York. I mean, not, you know, I'll find it, but just about her last, uh, couple of years on earth, mm-hmm. trying to get the movie Elvis made and, you know, and just dealing with, you know, every, on all, and everything that that unearthed for her about her dad. Um, uh, yeah, real, real shame, real shame. So yes, pouring out a kombucha for Lisa Marie. I will pour out a Mr. Pibb for this just happened today. I don't know if you heard about this uh cindy Mar- morgan passed away today from caddyshack yeah and tron yeah i used to comment on her facebook page all the time yeah what yeah. happened i don't know her roommate came home and, and she was she was gone she wasn't that yeah. old 69 oh my god yeah it was a regular on facebook Yep. Uh, uh, I will also pour out a kombucha for you, Lacey Underall. Uh, must be a change from dreary Manhattan. <laughs> yes, I was having, I was getting tired of having so much fun all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Uh, you want to like rapid fire some? Let's just go back and forth real quick. All right. Cindy Williams. 
She was on mine as well. Uh, David Crosby. David Crosby. Paul Rubens. Yes. Known as Pee Wee Herman. Yes. Uh, Burt Bacharach, who we talked about on a recap episode. Very sad. Very sad. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. So sad. Very sad. Yeah, that one was... Documentary on her life. See that. Uh, really Read her book, too. Her book's really good. Yeah. Raquel Welch. Oh, a real... Uh, a, that's a real tragedy. Uh, Andre Brower. Yeah. If you haven't seen Men of a Certain Age, watch it. Really underrated series. Him and Ray Romano and Scott Bakula. He's just excellent. Uh, everything he was in, I was like, okay, you're excellent. Another person we talked about in a recap, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon, Le- oh, farewell. Um, all right, now I'm I'm trying to like uh, I'm trying to just uh, keep track of them all. I don't want to repeat. But I don't think I've repeated these. All right, Norman Lear. Yeah, Norman Lear. Uh, he got a hundred, I think. Yeah, All in the Family, the Jeffersons. And he was so big, they like every network said something about him at the same time yeah. after he passed away. I mean, he really changed television. Uh, Robbie Robertson of the band, and who recently did the music for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Um, this this one's a little obscure, but I'm going to go with Tom Smothers from the Smothers. Yeah. yeah, he was hilarious. Yeah, and kind of a just rebellious, just an interesting, interesting approach to comedy. Very, uh, first of all, like with music, so he kind of like predated Flight of the Concords, the Smothers yeah. Brothers. Yeah. And very politically conscious as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, this director, we, we did a podcast on with Eric Roach, William Friedkin, oh, Chicago yeah. native. We do a whole thing on uh, Friedkin earlier this year. Yeah, check that out. We talk in depth about the movie Sorcerer. Uh, Tina Turner. Yeah, legend. Legend. Bears legend Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus. Uh, pour out a, definitely pour out a uh, a kombucha for him. Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, Ryan O'Neill. Uh, from very famous in the 70s. And really, it was just popular in the 70s. But in the 70s, he was as big as it got. Yeah, What's Up, Doc? That's a really good one. Yeah. Burt Young, who's great in the Rocky movies. He was great. Uh, Denny Lane, who co-founded the Moody Blues and then later went on to found Wings along mm. with Paul McCartney. Yeah, I just heard Gonell the other day. Yeah. Baseball legend, one of the coolest players ever and one of the coolest names ever, Vida Blue. <laughs> R.I.P. Vita Blue. Uh, Alan Arkin. This is the last one I have in my list. The man, <laughs> the creator of the Mad Magazine fold-in, Al Jaffe. <laughs> Al Jaffe is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, and I'll uh, I'll I'll close with this. Did we? Well, did we say Matthew Perry? Oh no, we did not. We did not. I'll close with Matthew. I'm sure we missed some people, but oh, I know we did. Piper Laurie. I had Shane McGowan, but yeah, we probably should talk about Matthew Perry um, because uh, to me that story was pretty sad. Very, very sad. Um, just that he got everything he wanted at age 24, and uh, just yeah, just could not handle it. I think it's even sadder because you felt like he was doing okay because. He, had, he was at the Friends reunion. He wrote yeah. this book that did great. They had an interview with this real long interview with him that I watched. And you're like, okay, maybe he'll be all right. Because he he had basically escaped death. He basically had some crazy surgery that most people don't survive. And he came out of it okay. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it, that's a rough one. And he's like, he was our age. I know. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. stuck two lives into 54 years. That's for sure. Yep. All right. I think this is the longest podcast we have ever done. <laughs> history. 
these uh, end of year podcasts go on. But we got it all. We didn't even do books on this one this year. Oh, man. That's next week when we have our two special guests, the stars of Lane Call, joining us. Lizzie, uh, how do you pronounce her last name? I don't even know. I've never said it. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Lizzie and Ryan will be joining us. Uh, 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 You're gonna have to ask her before you introduce her next week. Oh, no, that's, I don't. We don't want another Anthony uh, uh, episode. That was embarrassing. <laughs> so, uh, but we want to thank you for listening tonight. Uh, please subscribe to us. We are available wherever fine podcasts are found, and please uh, follow and comment on our social media pages. We're on Instagram. We are on X formerly Twitter, and we are on Facebook. Maybe there's a movie or a television show we forgot that you think is great. Let us know. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll devote an entire podcast episode to it. If we do that, we will send you a free Jag Bags t-shirt. Do it now. And thanks very much for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear.